Look, have mercy on me. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Bluff, presented by Carmigo, the easiest way to sell your car on the internet. Guys, I started my purchase Is that or, right? my, or, or, or selling? my selling yes. today, so I'm going to tell you about my experience. Then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Carmigo. So today, called one of the guys that's been you know in contact with us, and he gave me the lowdown, told me how everything worked. Obviously, I knew the basics, but I wanted the you know the behind the scenes stuff. He let me know. So easy. All I did is I went and washed my car because can't be can't be trying to sell yeah. your car with dirty picks. Right. There's a lot. Of th- there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of things I you can sell with dirty picks, but cars not. <laughs> um, and so went and cleaned up my car. Literally, you get on the you get on the uh, the website, carmigo.io slash on the bluff to get your fifty dollars off. That's what I did. You put in your information, your vehicle information. You put in um, like a little bit of personal inf- information, just like your phone number, really, just so it can link your account. And then you go outside to your car, get on the get on the browser, and it it literally gives you illustrations on how to take your, the picture. Like it shows you illustrations. What it's supposed to look like? Of, no, no. It it has like an outline of the car. Yeah. So like your specific car, like my car, it had outlines of my car of where it wanted the pictures. So it'd be like side of car, and you would fit it to frame right. with the car, like the outline of the car that they provided on there for yeah. you. Yeah, super cool, super easy. Um, so definitely go check it out. I was very pleasantly surprised, and I'll I'll be able to report next week on the offer and selling it. Well, that's the thing. You're gonna be good. I'd Nationwide be network. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. So they're I, gonna handle that for you. It's a one best day, offer. It's one day only. It's a one-day sale. They literally sell your car in one day. You can't ask for any better than that. So no. I'm, I'm basically done at this point. Like, after just taking pictures it's out of your hands, that, I'm done. They okay. do everything else. I don't have to do anything. The The buyer will come pick it up. They'll, you know, wire me my money and everything. Super cool, super easy. So, if you are looking for a new car, looking to get rid of your car, carmigo.io slash on the bluff. All you got to do, as I've mentioned... Put in some information. Take some pictures of your car. Carmigo does the rest. They handle the paperwork. They handle the handle the buyers. They have incredible relationships with dealers to get you the best offer in one day only. So big shout out to Carmigo. So worry free, hassle free for real. For, for real. real. I love for it. Real. Hell yeah. Carmigo.io on the bluff. Yep. Fifty dollars off. Fifty dollars off. We try to help. We give back, don't we? Absolutely. Hell yeah. So this was a. Uh, Coming in, like, okay, if we looked at this week on Thursday, we probably would have said, we're not going to have anything to talk about. right, yeah. Gabe Coon's show rolls around (laughs) on Friday afternoon. And uh, walk us us through that a little bit. So, this is hilarious. Um, So, obviously, earlier last week, we got the College AD report from collegead.com about how the Big 12 came out with a delegation and Brett Yormark and met with people. I think they said something about the regents, border regents, and yada, yada, yada. So on Friday, I'm like, you know what? I know Dennis Dodd's really good at this realignment stuff. I know he hadn't written anything about Memphis, but let me check in with him. He's got good Big 12 connects. I, certainly he'll know something about the Memphis situation. So I bring him on the show. First thing I say, I say, uh, so – Obviously, I have to start here. College AD is reporting that Big 12 and Memphis have been in some substantial talks. Laird Veach, the AD, seems to have confirmed something, although he wouldn't talk about exact conversations. 
And Dennis Dodd responds, all right, so I want to get out front of this. There was no delegation. There was no Brett Yormark. Nothing happened. This did not happen, according to my reports. And me, you should have seen my face. I go, <laughs> what? What are you I said, really? Re I said, really, like four times to him. If you go back and listen to the interview, 9290ESPN.com, there's the shameless plug, even though we're, yeah. we're on the pod. Because then, um, then you're thinking immediately. I said, like, really? And he goes, it didn't happen at all. And he said, I wouldn't give any airtime to it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we've already given yeah. airtime <laughs> to it. And we've had confirmations within this market at the Daily Memphian, the Commercial Appeal. Like, we've had confirmations on the whole thing. So my mind just starts going nuts. Like, what the hell? Like, where was Brett Yormark? What happened here? Uh, if they did come to town, why are they keeping it so secretive? If they didn't come to town, where why, is, is, why is the University of Memphis not saying they didn't come to town? Because ultimately, if they didn't come to town and they let the media run with it for three days and then ultimately – it didn't happen. That would look bad on the university right, and on the athletic department yeah. because then they'd look kind of desperate in that situation. So my mind just starts going a million miles an hour. And obviously I ask him a couple more questions about like university of Memphis. Why haven't they made it in at this point? And then I transitioned to other realignment stuff. I circled back later to ask him like, wait, can you confirm this again for yeah, me? Like, let's just make sure. Yeah, let me make sure like <laughs> this didn't happen. According to your reporting, he said it did not happen. I said, okay. Whatever. Um, so then I'm talking to people over the weekend, and I'm pretty damn sure it happened. Hold on. But hey, hold on. Before you move on from that, take us behind the scenes at 92.9. What was happening in the rooms <laughs> <laughs> as that was going down? So my, my producer, Connor, Connor Dunning, he's fantastic. It like it runs social media, does those things. Dennis says this, and I'm like doing the whole really thing, like, and he's going through, you know, uh, according to my reporting, this never happened. This particular visit never happened, according to my report. So Connor's on the other side, just like a mouth <laughs> open, like, are you hearing this? <laughs> yeah. Right, like, cause we're, he, he knows we're about to just, the amount of people in Memphis that are going to be blown away, pissed off, annoyed, yeah. the whole nine. He knew what it was going to be, but he, regardless, he tweets it out and he's got something ready for it and, puts it out there in the on on social media yep. just immediately um but man it it's kind of funny because when you go to three-hour show every day you go to prep and obviously i'm prepping to talk about memphis to the big 12 right all day because of the college ad report i hear that and i'm like well shit there goes the whole show now i'm gonna have to blow it up and talk about source wars yeah who's right who's right which side yeah. and then jeff who came on my it was actually After. perfect timing because jeff comes on jeff calkins comes on from the daily memphian five o'clock every single day so he ended up confirming that brett yarmark was in memphis yeah right after Dennis said what he said about it not happening so then we had like it was the show worked itself out because regardless of what I was going to talk about originally we have one person saying nothing ever happened one person saying it did happen and it became pretty cool just to sort of go through the show that way yeah but I didn't expect to talk about like my whole Friday show was about reporting yeah you know what I mean it's it was about reporting not Talking about Big 12 to Memphis, Big 12 not to Memphis. How exciting are they? How far are they down the list of suitors? It was about, did, did the happen? damn visit yeah. happen or not? Yeah. 
and like everybody was just everybody was up in arms. They uh, luckily, I was glad that the the city of Memphis didn't didn't uh, shoot the messenger. Yeah. I was very happy about that. They went after Dodd, not me, Dennis. And Dennis does a good job reporting. He's got good connects. That's why he got the information from Brett Yormark and the people up at the Big Twelve. And they said they didn't take the visit or whatever. But um, yeah, Friday was an interesting day, man. Well, it really I, was. Can I tell you this? And I heard this from a bunch of people. Um, and I heard the interview. I heard the whole day myself. Like I was listening to it. I actually we talked out on the phone afterwards. And yeah. I was like, Are you good, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, is I'm everything- fine. <laughs> you handled that stuff so well, dude. Like, I just want to give you your flowers. Appreciate on that. it. That Appreciate was wild, it. bro. It, 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 like, it's so hard to like. It's so hard to handle that in the moment because you're expecting to talk about this. For right, an you have all your segment. questions for him. Yes, kind of played about out the bit, University the of Memphis, and he out. goes, "Yeah, that shit didn't happen." <laughs> it's like, well, like, okay. damn, okay. Now I, don't I guess know what it didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I figured it out. Yeah, real no, alignment's absolutely. real alignment. But man, like I. I didn't. I didn't expect to cause a stir like that. I really didn't. <laughs> but when it happened, you just you have you to have put to it out there. It. Like, cause yeah. I, ultimately, like we are purveyors of information, and that was a new bit of set of or bit of information yeah. that not a lot of people had. No one had talked about it, not being a real possibility. Um, but then after that, I think it like so. I get off at seven seven fifteen. Pete Thamel had reached out to Brett Yormark for uh, for uh, uh, to get a quote. Did you did you go to Memphis or not? And he said, "What was it? I've never met with anyone at Memphis about adding them to the Big Twelve, nor have I been on campus." A weird, weird. He could have just said, "If it didn't happen, that it altogether, didn't happen. He could have said, "Memphis I is have, not an option." Or he could have said, I have not traveled to Memphis. I did not travel to Memphis last weekend. It's the it's the last he two words. He said, no, but he said, I've never met with anyone at Memphis, nor have I been on, on campus. campus. And you're like, okay, buddy. You, yeah. I mean, you, you're not – you're telling the truth. Right. I believe that statement. I just don't believe you're telling us the full truth right. about where you were – on Sunday of last week. Yeah, too many clarifiers in there. Yeah. Too many clarifying details in that sentence alone. So after the dust settles and everything, you believe it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I'm getting too much information to be... Obviously, yeah. I'm not... I'm not... I wasn't there <laughs> on hand at the meeting, so I can't legitimately tell you what was discussed, who was there. I can say pretty damn matter-of-factly that... He was not on campus, but he did meet with people important to the University of Memphis's orbit. Yeah. That's all I can – I mean, I'm not going to put out the information. Yeah. I, I, I have people I trust to sort of at least keep it somewhat under wraps, and I'm not going to – I'm yeah. not going to put that out there like that. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see what actually comes out about it. But but, I, but honestly, isn't it, you know, ultimately, it's God, it's God and the people that were involved that know. That's it. But I, I'm telling you pretty damn confidently, Brett Yormark was in Memphis. Yeah. So here's the thing that concerns me. And if none of this would have ever happened, I don't think we would have had concern over this. But the fact that the Big 12 commissioner is denying any involvement in this situation or being in Memphis or anything like that, it it worries me for Memphis's case to get into the Big 12. Because on, what was it, Thursday that College AD released that yeah. it all went down? 
obviously hopes were really high and everyone was like, okay, here we go. Like this could be it. This could finally be happening. We could finally see this come to realization. And then literally the next day on your show, it shut down and your mark publicly denies meeting with Memphis officials or being on campus or coming to, uh, coming to campus to meet athletic department officials. And so it's just like, okay, so if we believe that it happened, and we're both in the belief that it happened, and I feel like around yeah. here in this city, that's pretty much the belief, is that it happened. He was here. He met with someone about something having to do with <laughs> Memphis joining the Big 12. Yeah. So in, with the belief that that happened, why are they not publicly admitting it? Because And if Memphis was the only school they were in discussions with right now, and they were preliminary, whatever, okay, it is public knowledge that they have met with Colorado and UConn. They went to UConn. Yes. Yes. That is, they are not denying it in the slightest. Not in the slightest. That would tell me that Memphis is behind those schools. But obviously, I figured they'd be behind the Pac-12 schools. But behind UConn is kind of a – yeah. that's a stark – that's, that's, that's a tough that's, reality to take. That stings a little bit. Yeah. Honestly. Like, UConn, incredible historical basketball school. Yes, they just won the national championship. They're always in the conversation. The majority of the time, they're in the conversation. But football makes money, and I have to hold my nose yes. when I watch your game. That and that's the thing. Football is the driving force of money for the NCAA. Basketball plays a part uh, a part in it, but the large piece of the pie is football. I don't know what the what it's expressed as a percentage that it is, but it's way higher. It's what, what would you it's think ridiculous. it is? Ridiculous. Seventy five, twenty five, eighty twenty. Like it's probably high. 80, 20 80, It's 20. probably closer to it for and most programs. UConn, Sucks yep. at football. Historically, uh, they've never really been good at football. They uh, late Big East with uh, Randy Edsall, they were okay. But yeah. ever since then, they've been horrible. They've been they tried to bring back Randy Ed, Rod, <laughs> Randy Edsall, and they yeah. were horrible. Yeah, they were miserable. And, and so, and I don't think people in that damn market care about football. They don't at all. Yeah, like, the, and, and here's the thing: I've been, I've been sort of like trying to gauge their feelings on it in general. I don't think any of them want to leave the Big East. You don't. I don't like. I think the the athletic department would have to think about it because the Big Twelve payouts are substantial, and you could get yourself back on a, a decent level in football. But I I think that the Big East move, for the most part, most of the fan base is very happy about because you Being have there. that you have that northeastern recruiting right. taken care of. Uh, Danny Hurley sort of loves that uh, playing the schools they play in the Big East constantly. Um, so. I feel like for the basketball side of things, which is what they care about the most, they want to stay in the Big East. Yeah. But if they go to the Big 12, I mean, there's more money involved, but you lose that Northeast footprint that you yeah. have right this second. Yeah. So, I mean, that that worries me considerably. Not only are they denying meeting with Memphis, which, okay, let's – another hypothetical. Let's say they were just talking – to Colorado and an already Power 5 school, then it's like, okay, that's a Power 5 school. No – but they're talking to UConn. And Gonzaga and, certainly yeah. in there. Yeah, and it's like Memphis should be on a higher plane than these. Well, sports. hell, but here's the thing. Last time around, I thought they should have been on a higher plane than UCF and Houston. Yeah, yeah, we did. And they're, they're clearly not. No. Like, I don't know why they got passed over, but they did. Like, I, I, I'm just of the belief, too, like, and I, I hear this argument all the time, and I latch on to it. If they would have been – if they were going to be in the Big 12, I feel like they would have been in already. Yeah. And it, that's the frustrating part. But I can't – I view it – I'll say this. Them trying to keep it under wraps that way and keep it such a secret, I agree with you. I view it negatively because it shows, like, they either don't want to get hopes up 
or they don't want to show their hand to the rest of the teams that could potentially join because those teams see that Memphis is joining. They may feel a different way, right. a type of way about going into the Big 12. Um, but Jeff, Jeff, I was talking to him today, Jeff Calkins, and he posed it a different way. He says, okay, big donors in Memphis meet with the Big 12. Let's just say that's the case at somebody's house, yeah. for example. And let's say it's Fred Smith. Fred Smith in 2016, there was a report about him wanting to sponsor the Big 12 championship game if Memphis became a part. It was public knowledge at that moment. And then Memphis gets left out, so he gets spurned. He feels the type of way. His other thought process, if you want to try to look at, at it through a positive lens, is that this is the Memphis donors saying keep it under wraps because they don't want to get burned again. Publicly. Publicly. And I said, okay, that's I don't believe that, but if you want to try to put a spin on it, sure. Yeah. But I view it negatively because yeah. it, ju it just shows that they're not wanting to publicly be tied to Memphis, the Big 12. They're not wanting to be publicly tied to Memphis at the current moment. Yeah, optically doesn't look great at all. I definitely, definitely agree with you there. What? So you don't, you don't feel like it's going to happen is what you're saying. You don't you don't like the chances. I don't like the chances. I if certain things happen, you know, if let's say they strike out the Big 12 strikes out on 3 of the 4, Colorado comes over and then 3 of the 4 schools say no. Say no. Then I feel better. Um if Brett Yormark says we're going to go to 18 20 teams, I'll feel pretty damn good. About <laughs> yeah. It. Um if all four teams join, I'll feel awful about it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then UConn. Like, I, it's just going to – it's going to be a wait-and-see thing for me. I, but, no, I don't feel good about it because of the PTSD of every, every other, other time, time? before. Yeah. Like, That's exactly – Kenny and I were talking about it on the way up here. And, like, obviously there's a, there's going to be a little bit of excitement about it. Of course. You know, even if it's been the not all that, like, just the thoughts for fans of potentially – being in a power five conference like that buzz and excitement's going to be there. And so we were talking about that and it was just like, I just don't, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, you know, just an inclination or if it's like you said, just from it, seeing this play out so many times in the past and it never come to fruition where it's like, I'm not, there's no point in getting hopes up at this point. If Brett Yormark didn't so publicly try in his best way, like he's being sneaky about it. Yeah. I, I truly think that. But if he didn't so publicly try to deny coming to Memphis, I'd feel better about it. Absolutely. Um, but there is two things that give me some hope. One, and it has to do with what Brett Yormark has said in the past. One, he's talked about basketball being a driver for him. He thinks there's some potential that could be unlocked by the Big 12 if they double down on basketball. Well, University of Memphis has a great historical basketball program with a – really good coach right now in Penny Hardaway who recruits big, who brings in big names. There's a lot to build off of. And you're in the FedEx Forum. You're in a um, pro stadium, yeah, arena. pro arena. So, like, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot to like about the basketball program. And also, he said, we're not ever going to be at the top from a payout perspective, like when we're talking about TV revenue. So he's talked about strength in numbers where you want to bring in a lot of schools that have ability to build yeah. into the Big 12 and make money that way. And if they really do believe in strength in numbers and want to keep themselves in that power conversation, 
in the world of college athletics, if they boost up to 16, 18, 20 teams, I, I think Memphis could probably make the cut in that conversation. But that actually has to come to fruition, right? Yeah. There, it, there's a positive spin for all this, but absolutely. ultimately I have too much – I have PTSD. too much PTSD and, and like getting your hopes up. I would say <laughs> expect the worst, hope for the best, right? That's yeah. that's all you can do in these situations. It, it, people have learned that though. Yeah, I agree. But it is hard if you are a Memphis fan or someone you know close to the program. And for I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like for the media in general, for all of us, anyone in media, print, uh, radio, digital media, whatever it may be, like. We all want it to happen. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Good we Lord. We all want it to happen. Like, Helps what? us. It's a symbiotic relationship Absolutely. at that point. Absolutely. Right? So, I, like, I, trust trust us. We are rooting for it as oh, well. Oh, hell yes. But, like, but even us, like, it just feels like, man, I don't, I don't know. It's a little sketchy. But, let, like, let's talk a little bit about the positive of it because of the potential of it happening. Because let's just say it does. Hypothetical world, Memphis makes the cut, Memphis makes it in. I feel like some people may have too big of thoughts on it, on like, okay, this is insane, and some people may think too low of like, it's not that big of a deal. What, like, in your opinion, what does it mean for the program, for the <laughs> university if they get in? You raise, you raise the, the heights where your program can go. Um, obviously, we're not talking about autonomy in a football sense anymore. Um but, I mean, from a week-to-week -week basis, who you're playing gets respected more on a national scale when it comes to championships and everything else. Um, like we talk about all the time. I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, we talk about all the time um, the AAC. When you get into the AAC schedule in basketball, it's like you you can't build your resume. You're in the Big 12 every week. You could be 17 and 15 and still have a and chance a to, be in, to be in an uh, 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 at-large. But, yeah, what you were doing. Do it again. Money, that's what it is, man. Yeah. Go look at the damn contract numbers. It's around $30 million per school. Yeah. Right now in the AAC, they're not making that from a TV no. revenue perspective. In the Big 12, having gotten done their, their TV contracts and sort of divvied that stuff out, and now they know what, what, sort of where they're going to be without Texas and OU to a certain extent, having added the four schools, like they're relatively stable. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything's stable in college athletics, but the Big 12's done a good job of trying to recoup after Texas and OU. You make more money. Um, also, I think when we talk about getting down to FedEx Forum, getting to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, every single week you're bringing out more people, which means yep. more revenue generated at bars in the area, more revenue generated at the ticket sales, more revenue generated in concessions, yep. more revenue generated in, in total. It's a total – it's an economy. Every, everything yeah. – it, it just helps. And I've seen <laughs> – I've seen some ridiculous tweets out there about, oh, well, it'll be the AAC plus when Memphis gets there. I don't give a damn. Are you yep. making more money? Yeah. Then shut up. Yeah, the butt out of the conversation then. So Kenny, if you're called, making more money, you're making it makes more sense. Kenny called me on Friday while this was all happening on your show, and we were talking about just the from the fan base side of it, from like what it looks like optically. Like just, I hate to even do this to fans because I like I've already said I don't feel like it's going to happen, but like it, it is a cool thing to think about. the The prospect of it happening is super super cool from the football side. Think about you said this a few weeks ago. Like, think about what has happened in the past when Power Five schools have come to Memphis. 
the stadium has been packed. It's been it's been the kind of environment that diehard football fans sit there and they go, why is it not like this every week? So imagine when Oklahoma State and Baylor, Iowa State, you know, some of these top teams in the Big Twelve come in. I mean, the, the attendance. I, I don't I don't know what the attendance number was for this year. I think it was maybe around thirty one, thirty two. You're gonna look at average attendance every year upwards of forty. I would yes, imagine. Uh, hell Easily. yeah. Here's the thing, and I keep using this example because I think it's perfect. 2013, four and eight team, year one under Justin Fuente. I'm a red shirt that year. Played Duke at home. Forty five thousand to go watch a four and eight team play Duke at yeah. home. Yeah, it's Duke. Right. Duke. They were <laughs> not. They weren't good, and yeah. they're not historically good. Right. So there's no really there was no reason for there to be 45 grand, but there is. And that's the thing that I always try to let people know, like, let's just compare it to the teams that have gone to the Big 12. BYU will leave out because their their fan base is rabid. Yeah. Like they 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 really love BYU. But Cincinnati and UCF and Houston. I feel as if the University of Memphis has probably just about as much pull in Memphis that Cincinnati does in Cincinnati. I think they outdo UCF because, like, in, in Orlando, do people really latch on to UCF? UCF no. football, UCF basketball? No. no. In Houston, do they really latch on with all those pro sports? Houston basketball, Houston football? Hell no. No. Hell no. I think here in Memphis – the fan base really does rally around the university yeah. a lot more. And I, I don't know why people can't see that power five commissioners and presidents and everything else can't quite see the vision there. Yeah. You're yeah. in an SEC. Yes. It's a SEC footprint. It's a melting pot of, you know, Arkansas, Alabama, Ole Miss, Tennessee. But at the same time, university of Memphis has a following a lot better than, 99.9% of group of five schools and it's a major metropolitan market yeah. it's just it's ripe for the taking there's a hunger for it and I don't know why people are always in the business of skipping over skipping past that conversation yeah, yeah I agree and like you said what the numbers that were pulled for Duke and for Ole Miss and Mississippi State Teams that, at the time, I don't think were top 25-ish programs. Duke, obviously, I don't think they were that year. But even Ole Miss, I don't think was great that that year that they came in. Um, maybe when you were playing, they were. But after your career, when they came and in. And I know I it was a big game, and it was college game day game, but a 60,000 deep for, for SMU. SMU. Yeah. I mean, But like, you think about Baylor. When it matters, it matters. Baylor, you know, like Oklahoma people State. People will show up perennial top 25 yes. teams especially over the past few years they've both been top 10 teams over the past several years um so teams like that coming in and then on the basketball side of it it already does well yeah but you think about kansas coming once a year to play memphis like that's insane no, that's gonna every single team yeah every uh, iowa state comes in they've been a top 25 team the past couple right. years. oklahoma state oklahoma state Baylor. <laughs> Every team in the Big Twelve for basketball. I'm not. That's like the least of my worries. Right. They're filling out FedEx for yeah. them every damn Texas Tech, conference Baylor. Game. Yeah, all these. Yes, the conference schedule <laughs> basketball is like you will walk in there every every single game and be like, it doesn't look like there's an empty seat in the house. <laughs> yeah. and it, so I think I think I think the the gap that it changes in basketball. I think it's big, obviously, because of TV contracts, and I think you do have more butts and seats overall. 
clearly because conference play over the last couple of years has been eh, so-so. So, yes, you do bring a little bit up, a good bit up, but I think the gap that we see bridged in football if Memphis goes to a Power 5 conference, I, I think, think it's, huge. it's absurd. It's massive. It's absurd. And, we fi- and then I think at that point in time, we finally see – the potential of Memphis as a football town because it's never really been there before. Maybe a couple years with Norvell, a couple years with Fuente, but we've never seen Memphis as a true, like this this city cares about football, no doubt. It w- no doubt. Like we still see games where it's like 24, 25,000 and stuff like this. If Memphis becomes a f- Power 5 school, recruits at that level, gets, yep. the, gets the money in keep, flux get, that those schools Keep kids has. in Memphis. Yes, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're questioning – what it, what does football mean to Memphis anymore? I think it becomes very obvious that there was a yearning for it, and then here it is. Now we but now you we get to see keep recruits in Memphis, yes, man. instead of them going down the road to Ole Miss all the to damn a power time. five school, right? Yeah. To a power five, well, maybe still lose them to Ole Miss and Tennessee, but like you get my point. Yeah, it's, but like they get that power five mark, even yeah. though it may not be power five coming up soon. You're just playing in a good conference against good competition all the time, and that's what kid, some of these recruits want. And here's the frustrating part, and I, I, I guess if I go way back to like the early 2000s and the the lack of investment in football and the full investment in basketball, I could blame administration a little bit for where we're at um, in regards to just sort of the power dynamics and why they're not in a power five. Uh, because I think you could have started the train on football earlier, and that would have made you more attractive throughout the entire process. Right. Um, but – I can't blame the administration at all. They're they're doing the, they're making the efforts to to they're doing just about everything they can to make Memphis an attractive to try to make Memphis a Power Five ready school. Yeah, they're they're advancing. And the city has gotten money. Like they're advancing the the stadium projects. They have they're trying to get some NIL money rolling through the program little by little. Although I still think they could be better at that. But there's been an effort constantly to make these athletic programs on par with Power Five. And it's frustrating when you make all that effort and you still feel like you're on the outside looking in. Yeah, I agree with that. You said something about NIL. How much How much do we think getting into a Power Five school helps that NIL um, stuff? <laughs> I still think with NIL – your administration and the donors have to be in lockstep. Right. But does it make people more willing to give? Probably. Probably. Yeah. But I, I do think the administration and the donors have to be working hand in hand. I, here's, I'm not quite sure we're there yet. Here's I'm not quite sure we're there yet. And here, it's new, so people, you, yeah. you got to give some time right. for everything to start moving in the right direction. Here's what I think. I think maybe to the average fan like to to give money to donate money it may not change it that much what i think it impacts more than anything is businesses giving money because then you have that i'm giving to uh, not only a school that is competitive and all this a school that can win a national championship now Mm -hmm. a school that can compete for a power five championship a school that can play in the playoff, a school, a, a school that can win and, and not be handcuffed because they're now in a power five, power five conference. That's what I think it brings. I think it unlocks more money from businesses because as much as we say like you know power six, group of six, whatever, like Memphis is the best 
group of six team and the AAC is the best group of six conference. There's such a big divide, and we've talked about this before. Like, there's a massive divide. And it's a big difference. Now. Huh? And the there's divide between top two. Yeah. Big middle. 12 and SEC. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But you're bridging that gap. That's yeah. massive yes. at the moment. Yeah. Getting and over just, that hump. Yes. I, I think with that, I think with being a power five school, with playing recognizable names, not only of teams, but of individual players, like you will have people that come to games and stuff for individual players that are playing for other schools. That's just how college football works. But I think it just makes Memphis a more attractive option for businesses to put funds into. Mm -hmm. Because I think with those TV contracts, with the visibility of the school and advertising on those, you know, different channels, they're not on ESPN plus pretty much only anymore. Now they're playing on what is big 12's contract. Is it Fox? Yeah, it's Big, or is that Fox. Big Ten. I'm trying to I, I, looking at the new one. Kenny would have to look. Yeah, whatever it is. But you, you're more visible. Your visibility as a program is is magnified by so much that I think you just become immediately a more attractive option for money to to go towards. No, I agree. I I fully agree. I just think everything about everything about the uh, the lifting uni the University of Memphis into. Uh, into the Big Twelve is attractive, and I like you see some people shooting it down, and like, oh, how much does this help you? It helps a lot, a lot, a lot in a every hell of a aspect. Lot. And like, I'll say this too: like, when I see that sentiment, I know, all right, probably unfollow this person or don't <laughs> listen to this person. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about, right? And it's with ESPN, by the way. ESPN, ESPN, and Fox. ESPN and Fox. Okay. Yeah, so similar, similar deal. Yeah, way bigger than ESPN. Six year, two point two eight billion dollars. Yeah, it's not bad. Yes, that's not too shabby. Oh, but but Memphis jumping into the big <laughs> <Right, laughs> two point right. two eight billion dollars right. in a TV deal that gets divvied up between all the schools. Yeah, I'll take that. Not bad. I'll enjoy that. Better than the ESPN. It would be deal. it would be basically like three times their payout now it, at the very least. If they wasn't were to it like, jump wasn't it like eight to tomorrow. ten million from ESPN Plus? Yeah, something I think like that's that. right. eight to ten, 10 million, million, something fair. like that. But no, you triple it. Yeah, at least. If not more. At least. So, I... What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking it's, it's about? Foolish. It's foolish. It's um, foolish. So, speaking of college football, I'm bringing this up impromptu because I just thought about it while you were talking about it. We're talking about the college football landscape a little bit. We're talking about the University of Memphis. Last week on Tigers on Tap, Trey, TJ, and Kenny had a conversation about Seth Hennigan being the best quarterback in the state of Tennessee. And Kenny doubled down and went hard on Twitter at folks. There's no way you guys are serious. There's absolutely like if y'all are just doing that for the clicks, okay. But my God, God, I love Seth, and you're gonna make me do this, <laughs> Kenny. You really did this. Kenny went hard, and Kenny wasn't. Did like, you not watch Joe Milton against Clemson last year? No, Clemson was trash. This no, dude, they weren't. Clemson, Clemson was trash. trash. Come on, Trent, dog. Trenton Simpson, what Brian Breezy. They had like four <laughs> top, like two round draft picks. No, hey. no, no, Joe Milton. I mean. And honestly, if Joe Milton gets benched, Nico Iamlevea is better than maybe. It, well, it yeah. depends. We have to see him play more. But Joe Milton has been in college for a while. He's got a rocket for an arm. He looked good within uh, within that system. Yeah, Kenny, go ahead and try to try no, to plead I mean, your case. I don't know, man. And it, don't bring up Michigan, please. Yeah, he doesn't even get, get, plead your case. I just I don't understand. Listen, I didn't make the the list. That was not okay. our list. 
We were reporting. Uh, y'all were talking about it, though. But it sounds, it sounds it. like you were we like, were you love this list. You Listen, were into the list. Can I be honest with you? I know that the University of Tennessee has a lot of fans in the Mid-South area. I know this. And I know that there is nothing that gets UT fans more riled up. Than Memphis fans hating on them. Than Memphis or media and UT comparisons. Yeah. There's nothing that fires them up more. And so when I typed out the graphic for that clip that said Seth Hennigan is better than Joe Milton, I knew exactly what I was doing. Oh, I'm, so, not, I'm not saying it wasn't a good this? marketing move. Can I say this? What do you think about let's let's do the conversation between Seth Hennigan versus Joe Milton on a proven scale? Like yep. what they've proven at their stops right now. Seth's proven more at his Yeah, stop he's a proven right player. Now. Absolutely. But I know for I Joe Milton's going to have a good year if he Oh, I'm sure. I think Joe Milton's uh, There's not be there's great not one single college coach in the country that if you put Joe Milton and Seth Hennigan in front of them, <laughs> oh, that would a, take Seth Hennigan yeah, over Joe yeah, Milton. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, right, hey, right. what I said yesterday, I just hope that Joe can go to the Peyton the, the Manning Passing Academy <laughs> and learn from Seth Hennigan. That's what I <laughs> hope he can do. <laughs> I'll say this, Joe Milton Man, I've never seen a guy throw a prettier ball 15 rows into the stands. Oh, that's exactly – that was exactly that's one fantastic. of the points. Listen, listen, I understand it. Joe Milton is a flashy player. He can throw the ball like a – he's got a rocket of an arm. But I think – and if I am – and again, the argument that I got into on Twitter was not making the argument that Seth was better. The argument was your beef is not with us. Your beef is with – the or, the media organization that we that put that out put that, this out well, that put this yeah. out that's your beef and also I think if you're talking about like just production last year because Joe didn't play right like we could we could do that but if you're projecting even remotely yeah, what Joe Milton's going to be this year in Josh Heupel's system you would realize that he's going to probably go off well yeah. no I'm sure but you didn't have Jalen Hyatt. Okay. Okay. Scott right. Ramel but, Keaton. I mean, I get it. But um, Brew McCoy still there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, right. nobody Squirrel knows. White. Yeah, we know, it'll be fine. We know what we know. The Memphis media knows what you're going to get with Seth, and and I'm hoping that Seth is what what did what did they say last week? He's, I think, 3,800 yards away from becoming the all-time leading passing, yeah. Yeah. you know, passing yards guy at Memphis, which. I get hey. it. It's not as substantial as, as I'm not. I'm not hating. Let me say on this, Seth. by the way. And look who he's done it with. He's had one year of Calvin Austin, who was injured yeah. the entire year. Like, I do. Come I, on. And I do have to say, I've seen pictures of Seth this off season. He's gotten bigger, man. Yeah. He's he's looking. He's yeah, looking I, thick. I, I'm man. not. I'm not hating on Seth at all. Like Seth has been way more than anyone ever expected him to be in his career at Memphis. But Joe Milton is projected <laughs> to be a first-round pick by a well, lot of people. That's, I, and but, but can we admit that's pretty ridiculous? Yes, too. I agree. I mean, I mean, come that's on. That's insane. Hey, but hey, they did it. They did it about Anthony Richardson last year too, and he went number four overall, and he sucked all year. But he's also younger, and he was like coming out early. Joe Milton's what a fifth-year senior. He's at this a fifth-year senior. I no, mean, listen. But, I mean, but if guy, Hendon Hooker, if Hendon Hooker was a second-round pick. Right. Third. What third round pick. Hell, he was a third round yeah. pick. Joe Milton is not I mean, unless he just like I'm not saying Heisman that race, to Heisman candidate, top two for Heisman. Yeah, then we can start what is he? Talking. He's like sixth or seventh. Six if, seven. throw, if he throws four thousand for four thousand yards and limits his interceptions, then we can have this conversation. But the you gotta kid, go do that. It was uh, a kid that I was getting into it first on Twitter with. Pick. I, I've, I've seen I'm not that. with that. Correct. I'm not I'm not, I didn't say I agree with that. You I know, just said I get it's you, a but thing. Yes, it is. Because he's 
just a physical he has a freak. Cannon, yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I again, the the response that I had was not about the argument. I I am not. Y'all both know me well enough to know I know my lane. I'm not <laughs> arguing who's a better quarterback between Seth Hennigan. Kenny and Joe said Milton. we need these clicks. Yeah, that's exactly. Let me get these but, clicks. <laughs> but but <laughs> the argument Hell that yeah. I the argument that I got into was. This damn UT fan coming onto my Twitter and saying that we owed UT more respect because Memphis is in Tennessee. I'm like, if you don't get out of my face with that bullshit, <laughs> like, we don't owe Tennessee anything. Number one, we are not a UT Vols media organization. We cover the University of Memphis. And that was the only reason. We're not sitting here talking about First, Joe Milton. That flag there. We don't even have a Tennessee flag over there. <laughs> Listen. And, and we don't even fake it. Yeah, you know? no. I mean, it come on, it like that's we don't owe UT anything. And so the the level of of the the level of entitlement that I see from UT fans has driven me crazy since <laughs> I was a kid. I grew up in this city. I've been around UT fans. Yeah, the most obnoxious people I've ever met in my entire life. And and so I'll just say this: like, did I want to rile up UT fans? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Did I want to? Can you, he? Dap me up, man. Come yeah, on. man. That's what yeah, I do, man. Yeah, Hell yeah. Awful. I like that. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy you. But oh, yeah. Rile them up. Again, I am not debating whether See, because here's the thing. You try to rile them up when they're bad, and now that they're good as well, keep riling them yeah, up. Yeah. We, we, we ain't front runners around here. Front runners stop. around here. Y'all been trashed since 2000, but hey, I don't say anything. <laughs> like, we didn't, we didn't say anything. Like, listen, but now you're good. Y'all are – Tennessee is great. They're, they had a great football season last year. Hendon Hooker was awesome. Jalen Hyatt was incredible. I'm still going to give y'all shit. Yeah, and he said, let me get this one article. Let me give Seth Hennigan just a little bit of credit. Yeah, get him some God's sake. There's no, probably like, 20 other articles that say Joe Milton's yeah, better. exactly. We found exactly. that one, baby. And we found that one. Ran with it. Ran with went, it. And went hard in the paint, bro. <laughs> ran with it. I respect it. Hey, I love it. Hey, it's all, it's all, about, the, it's all about the views. As long as it's somewhat in reason. We need them clicks. But I'll just clicks. say this. I don't think you can say projection-wise, yes, that Joe is going to be a great quarterback. But it's not absurd to say that a third-year starting quarterback who has been a good player for the University of Memphis, who has the I, chance to become a number one, the number one quarterback to ever play at Memphis, you can't sit here and say it's absurd. Yeah, and you it's you could you, you you could make the argument because Joe Milton did get re he did get uh, replaced by uh, Hendon Hooker year one. Yeah, but he did. I mean, you can go watch. We've seen the inconsistencies from Joe. Yeah, Milton but you in go, the past. Wait, but I, I the, to be honest, the Clemson the the bowl game right. kind of brought. Well, me all see every back time he came, every time he came in this season, he was. And if I know Hypo well enough, the yeah, fact that good. the fact that Hypo chose him as the original starting quarterback, even though he did get replaced by Hendon Hooker, that tells me something yeah. about what he thinks of his skill set and what he can do within that offense. And I just I. I expect a massive year from Joe. Bowen. Yeah. Well, and I'll and to back up the Tigers untapped guys, when TJ was asked about it, what did he say? He said Joe Milton's number one, obviously, right? Yeah. That, so so it's not like they're sitting there going, "Yeah, Seth Hennigan," you know, <laughs> like they they said uh, TJ was like Joe Milton is number one. Yeah. And and that's I think a fair statement. It. All we did. I want to see it play out. I know. I, I know. It was, that's why I wanted to bring it up on our show because y'all had fun with it on. We had on fun their with show. that man. So and I, I wanted knew. to have fun with it. Too. As soon as that happened, I was like, "Ooh, boy!" There's my clip, there's baby, my clip. and my title. It's gonna be catchy. 
Gabe, we didn't even talk. Do we even talk about our weekend now, or we did we pass that moment no, up way too much? It's too late. Sorry, guys. I didn't. Late. I didn't even do. I anything. went out to the pool on Saturday and, and and swam for like an hour, and then the thunderstorms came and went home. Yeah, I that didn't was have, my whole weekend. That's my, all I did. Mine's very nondescript. That's too, all I did. So maybe it was a good week not to do it. So Kenny's a little fired up. We're gonna let him simmer down a little bit. We're going to let him simmer down. He's come up with a, a wonderful hot three this week. So we're going to give him a minute. He's going to chill out a little bit. We're going to hear from some sponsors, pay some bills. We'll be back on the other side with hot three. Carmigo makes it easy to sell your car while still getting the best price. Instead of taking your car from dealership to dealership to compare offers, Carmigo uses their virtual vehicle scanning technology to bring the dealerships to you. Simply use your phone, take a few pictures of your car, then answer a few questions and they'll share your car's listing with the whole network of buyers. And you can do it all from your phone. Buyers typically receive multiple offers on their cars in as little as a day. Plus, Carmigo handles all of the paperwork. They'll even pick it up. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. Welcome back to On the Bluff. We are back from a commercial break. This episode is sponsored by Carmigo, man. Thank you. The easiest way to sell your car on the internet. Boys, we've got the hot three. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. Let's go, Kenny Stubbs. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. First topic. Uh, obviously, it's been a week, and there's been a lot of stuff that's been coming out. Uh, we've covered it pretty extensively at, at Bluff City Media, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on uh, the world tour that Adam Silver is doing, um, not talking about Ja Morant and his uh, uh, potential suspension. He was on the Dan Patrick show, and you, you know they're talking about you know what it would look like. And Dan came out and said to him basically, you know, are you uh, concerned about what a possible sixty-game suspension could do to a guy like Ja? Obviously, him having free time and things like that is what kind of gets him into trouble. And this is the quote, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Adam Silver said precisely, he said, I'm worried about that too. And so, again, putting aside the number of games that we may be looking at, I'd like to come up with a program. And frankly, working with him in which there is a joint sense, a mutual commitment that we need to put together a program. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Can I say something real quick off the top with Adam Silver, though? Do it. You ever seen that uh, Eric Andre meme where he, like, shoots the guy and he's like, Look what you did. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what that's what Adam Silver did when he did the whole like, well, I don't want to take any shine off the NBA finals, but uh we're going to announce John. We know we, I could hand the suspension down now, but we're going to we're going to wait until after the yeah. NBA finals. So everybody's just speculating for the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it did nothing. You did nothing to keep the distraction away from the NBA. You made, made it, it substantially well, worse. What he made it worse in is he came out and said there's an additional info that we've come and, up with. Right. And, it's and like, he has right. talked no less than six times on it. Like he's right. answered every question about it. He, he could have just at by the fifth question been like actually I've I've covered this enough <laughs> yeah. I don't need to keep talking about it but he keeps talking about it as for what he said with Dan Patrick it's a step back like it's a step back from that sort of hard 
tone that everyone thought he was taking. Oh, he's going to lay down the hammer. Yeah. Like he, he's going to give Ja this long, lengthy suspension. I don't think that's going to be the case. It seems like, based on his comments with Dan Patrick, um, he is more focusing on more on helping than punitive action. And yeah. I think that's how you have to do it. Because ultimately, if you're not trying to prevent this from happening again and you're just coming down as hard as you can on jaw right like there's no there's no guarantees that that he won't have to later go down this path again yeah with, with jaw so just help him over trying to hurt him with any amount of games yeah i will say one thing you are going to have a major split on let's say it's like a 10 12 game suspension and obviously they come up with a plan uh, to help Ja and to kind of help him through the situation, you're going to have a major split on people's opinions on this, right? You're yeah. going to have the people that love it and they're like, okay, this makes more sense. We don't need we don't need one of the best players in the NBA missing 60 games and having more time to potentially do damning things to to his image and reputation. Instead, you know, we give him uh, uh, some some games to show that yes, it's important that you're not doing these things, but also. We go hand in hand with him and helping him through this rather than just saying, no, get out of the league for this amount of time. And then you're going to have the people on the other side that are like, this is ridiculous. How can you how, how can you have these actions and not pay the ultimate price for it? So it will be interesting to see how well, how this is split <laughs> because you know, you know without a shadow of a doubt there will be people on that side, especially the super aggressive, well, like, how are we not, how are we allowing this in the NBA and allowing someone to get away with this kind of stuff, it's, which stupid. The punishment comes from an image that Ja has put out on behalf of the NBA that the NBA wants to rid themselves from, and I get that. But, like, Miles Bridges <laughs> had a domestic violence case yeah. and got 30 games. I still think Ja is somewhere between 15 and 25. Now, whether people think that's light, which I don't think I don't think light. it's like no. um, I, I can't really help that but like ultimately for Adam Silver the other thing that, that's a silver lining no pun intended with this whole thing is for Ja at least the NBA and Adam Silver it is in their best interest to have Ja <laughs> yeah, Morant exactly. on the gosh damn floor that's like exactly. there's no doubt about it yeah he is his shoes sell like damn hotcakes yeah um, he's the face of Gen Z. Yeah. Like, people love him. Kids love him. So having him back on the floor helps your product tremendously. That's why he was on national TV so many damn times. Yeah. That's why you use a, a personality like that um, to, to sell your product. So, no. I mean, like, I, I think he is he's on the right path, Adam Silver, with what he's saying about trying to help Ja over punitive action. But, but I think ultimately this was always the case. This right. is always going to be the case because the, the NBA is a better product when John Morant's on the floor. 100%. Like you have to know that it would be a bad business venture for Adam Silver in the NBA to suspend John Morant for any anything more than 15 or 20 games. <laughs> well, and also if you get past that 30-game mark where Miles Bridges is, the NBA Players Association, which Jaron is a VP on, yeah. he's a, they're going to be like, what the hell are you – What? okay, explain. Yeah. Give explain. Us, give us like, give, give me like – why did you do this amount of games for for what you have to lay it out if you go anything past 25 in my opinion you're really going to have to do some explaining if you're Adam Silver and, yeah. and Joe Dumars and the NBA as a whole so we'll see yeah looking better that's for sure yeah it is it, no doubt all right topic number 2 man Jerry West ghosts live on well he's not dead yet but <laughs> 
You know what I mean. He's retired though. His, he's, he's retired. His, hey, I don't know. his ghost of being the, co- the GM. The cognitive Memphis, functioning yeah. seems to yeah. be slowing down a little bit. Definitely slowing down a little bit. <laughs> he made some comments that I want to play for you guys. So listen in. He made some comments on a podcast, and I'll, I don't remember exactly which one it is, but just listen to what he had. It was to say. Podcast P with uh, Paul, Paul George. George. Oh, he was on with Paul George. Okay. Yep. So he was talking to Paul George, and listen to what he had to say. He became a free agent. Okay. And he called me. And his agent then was Rob Palenka. And so I met them in Orange County in a hotel room. And he said he wanted to come to Memphis and play mm, basketball. Really? That's great. And I looked at him. I said, <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, Kobe, no. No. Uh, you know, it's just, you belong somewhere out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, You belong somewhere out here. And even though he would have never played there, I just wanted to reassure him that don't feel like you have any obligation with me or the Grizzlies to play here. And because he would have never played there, it wasn't going to happen. Is that cap or is that no cap? Uh, Man, I don't know what to think about what Jerry said. I mean, I I think it's ultimately cap because there was a time – 2004 was sort of the middle of the feud with Shaq and Kobe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, like, they, the Lakers were deciding who had to go. And it, I think ultimately it was always going to be Shaq because Shaq was movable and he didn't have a – off the floor, he screwed around a little more than Kobe and Kobe was sort of the leader of men, the guy who could um, get free agents to come in. Kobe the guy was the that could really, He was the younger of the two, but he could also, like, he could rally the troops in a way that Shaq couldn't. And I think it was always going to be Kobe. He signed a seven-year, $130 million contract that offseason. But what, what this is, what's crazy to me about that clip is why would Jerry admit that when he was employed by the, by the Grizzlies? He was the GM, and he's basically saying, well, I, I had a generational him. talent that wanted to come to Memphis, and I said, stay the hell away from Memphis. Yeah. You were hired to be the best GM you could and bring in the best talent, and the best talent – said i want to come play for you guys like, and you nah. said nah bro you don't want any part of this i, I i'm telling you i mean kind of that's kind of sad in a in a in a different take on that like kind of good on jerry west i mean <laughs> okay no, dude. explain no. hey, explain hey, i'm Christian. about to I, explain yeah, come on buddy around here you say something you get jumped on before you can even explain let's hear it explain as a general manager horrible move no doubt. I mean, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. That's like that's like the equivalent of Patrick Mahomes telling Jerry Jones he wants to come to the NFL. Or come Jerry to the Jones, Cowboys. Or come to the come to the Cowboys and Jerry Jones saying, "Nah, we're good. Don't come here." But from someone as Jerry West, who has had a relationship with Kobe and probably had Kobe's best interest in mind, Kobe was going <laughs> to make more money in LA and in a big oh market God. than he was in Memphis. So. Jerry West, kind uh, of a re- kind of a real one for that, but also kind of a terrible GM for that. I don't know if it's about the money. You're gonna make the same, just about the same amount of money everywhere with the way contracts went. 
Not the, no, not just contracts transition. endorsements being the face of a franchise in L.A. versus being the face I of a guess. franchise in Memphis. I guess at so. That time, yes, yes. Memphis yes. was way, way I guess not so. respected. I agree. I, I agree. All right. So, but couple, damn, I'm trying to put together a team. I, I'm right. with you on the. GM I'm trying side to put together a team to go win championships. I mean, that is like, the, no. that's probably the worst. No, nope. that's probably the worst. Don't GM come to Memphis. That's ever been publicized. <laughs> that's it. That's and he said one. it himself. And he said it. He put it out there. Twenty years later. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess there is no like it's it is 16 years later so he's like I don't give a damn I'm, a re- I'm retired I thought it was 03 08 08 oh, oh I thought uh, Kenny I thought you said 03 my bad wait wasn't it 08 when was it, I, it was 03 sure, 04 sure. I thought it was 04 <laughs> pretty sure the video said 03 guys oh god okay I might be wrong I'm pretty I, sure. so 20 years later okay yeah, 20 years you, later I think you said 03 okay 03 and even if you thought it was 2004 16 years not not good math at all. Well, two thousand. No, what I was thinking. <laughs> no, what I was thinking. So, Jerry West was o two to o seven. Okay, so you were thinking the end of Jerry's tenure. Yeah, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> I'm a dumbass, fellas. I was told there wouldn't be math tonight. No, but his last year as a Grizzlies as a as a Grizzlies GM was o seven. Was 07. okay. Yes. So right. there, there's, there's there's where math. my math. Was okay. Going. All right, Kenny. Which comments hit worse? Chandler Parsons' comments about that one hundred was it one hundred ninety five million dollar contract or ninety five million whatever it was. Where he was basically like, stop saying numbers. Yeah, this math is too much. I can't do much. math anymore. Where he right? he said he said, man, he started trashing on Memphis. Was like, yeah, I just signed that. Just blah blah blah. He had some pretty harsh comments, I, I, and then he's come out over the last few months and just been brutal to the organization. The, I don't get the, the that. Jerry West comments are way worse. Like, no, let's, yeah, it's yeah. Not even close. But, like Chandler Parsons wasn't gonna on, wasn't gonna make the team a, a, a finals type team. They thought he was. Team. That's why no, they no, paid no. him the money but, they did. But this is all hindsight. This is all. But on the Chandler Parsons front. Why is he? Why is he going after the, the organization? Just be Dude, quiet, you're the, you're the, you're the only you're the, you were the only the only organization that was going to pay you ninety four million dollars as the Grizzlies, and they did it. Yeah, and they footed the bill. Yeah, and they. It's not like they cut you off. No. So I don't know why he's but, all like why why does he hold any ill will to the Grizzlies? Jerry West comments way worse. That Chandler Parsons was never gonna give this city a championship. Kobe Bryant definitely could have given the city a championship. So <laughs> there's said, there's your gap right Jerry there. said, Don't come to this place. Don't come here. Don't come here. God basically you're too you're too big to come here. Yeah, don't that's what it was. Wow. All right, topic number three. Uh, a bunch of betting odds came out. Fox Sports put it out. Um, MVP voting for the NFL this year. Um, Christian, run through that list. Who are the betting odds they have? Okay, we got Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes all at plus 700. Justin Herbert plus 900. Jalen Hurts plus 1200. Lamar plus 15. A-Rod, Trevor Lawrence, and Dak all plus 1600. And Tua rounding it out at plus 17. Where are you putting your money? I mean, best bang for buck. Pat Mahomes again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, best one like lower down, probably Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I know you're gonna hate on this, but Lamar Jackson would be a would be an interesting not, one. Not, I, man, he's he's got OBJ. His O line solid. His defense can be good. He's gonna win games. Yeah, but Todd Munkin. He's got. Not he ha, he has Zay Flowers. He has Zay Flowers. They just drafted Rashad Bateman's back healthy. Yeah, but you think Lamar Jackson's gonna yes. win an MVP off of his arm? I think he'll sling you it. You think he's gonna win? I an think MVP he could, his arm. since his it's MVP crazy. year in 2019. I. I I guarantee he has his best passing year this year. Okay. Guarantee. Hard to beat. And he's still going to run for what? 800 to 1,000 yards? I don't think Todd Munkin's going to put together those. Much. You put together that type of a stat line, nah. I mean, he's going to be in that conversation as long as he stays healthy. Now, that's an if. Big if. 
I'd rather I'd rather man. I don't. I'm tired of your Lamar hate. I don't. I'm not. You're 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 a Lamar hater, and I don't really understand it. What 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 did he do wrong? He got paid. Say he, did he got wrong. paid, I've, and he also got his way with actually getting uh, uh, weapons within that offense. I'm not hating on Lamar getting paid or getting OBJ and Zay Flowers. I'm not hating on any of that. I just think he's hella overrated, and I always have thought that. Even his MVP season, you thought he was overrated. I mean, no, he had an incredible season, but people still call him a top five quarterback, and he's not. I mean, not, and he not, never has been. Not not a top five throwing quarterback. No, yeah, just a top five quarterback. I mean, when not. you when you bring in the rushing aspect of his game, you can easily make that argument. I can. I mean, and you can I easily disagree make with that your argument. argument. So okay, dude's running for Allen, thousand yards a year. Like, Allen Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, Hurts—they're all better than him. If uh, if uh, what do you think about Trevor Lawrence getting Ridley Ridley back? I like that a lot. I think I think that could be a he could have a really good his statistics will be Yeah, nice. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan, da- they brought Evan da- By the back, way, I'm Travis sorry, ATM. Cowboy fan. Keep Dak off this damn list. Hey. <laughs> I know I know he's gonna be on the odds. like he'll be he'll be up there when it comes to odds because he's a quarterback in the NFL and his team's gonna be solid, but Dak is not an MVP. Oh, stop it. You cannot down Lamar Jackson as an MVP candidate and then do this for Dak. I mean, he had 37 and 10 two years ago. Oh, that's foolish. Stop it. It's true. That's ridiculous. It's true. And Tua, as long as he doesn't. I mean, Tua. Break Tua his head. is honestly very intriguing because if you look at all of his metrics from last yeah, year, they were great. Yards per attempt, yards per completion, EPA, like everything. Don't say EPA. Are you QBR? One of all the metrics. Don't be one of them metrics. damn EPA DVOA. An- you're metrics. an analytics guy. I don't need all I'm just that saying in my metrics. life. I'm just saying metrics. Okay. You're gonna go yards full like yards per attempt. The QBR, ringer on me. QBR was 105.5. Like everything was really good. He just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. But did you hear that they brought a jujitsu instructor out there to I teach did. him how to fall on the ground? I did. No injuries this year. Nothing happening. Cross your fingers. Cross Tyree your fingers. Kill wants to go for 2K. You got Jalen Waddle still in the fold. You got yeah. – Lord knows what they're going to do at running back. I mean, they've got Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Uh, they just drafted Devin A-Chain. And now they're saying they're going to get Dal- – everyone, you know, is linking Dalvin Cook to them. So, who knows what they're going to do at running back. But, yeah, I mean, Mike McDaniel, one of the best offensive minds in the league. You got the, probably the best receiver duo, maybe other than Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in the league. Like, and that's arguable. My money would be on outside of the plus 700 guys, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes would be Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. I would MVP say Rodgers. That's fair. If he's, if he's actually locked in, he's got Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazar, McCole Hart. You see what man. he said about Garrett Wilson and uh, uh, Juice or uh, uh, Sauce? Yeah, that they could be juice. the best at both of their positions. Yeah, he said here in a couple of years, best best quarterback, he said this best year, wide receiver. He said this year they could be the best quarterback, cornerback and wide receiver, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people already have Sauce Gardner as the best cornerback. Yeah, I don't, d- I, I don't doubt what he's saying. I'd put him that's, at, that's a crazy thing. Usually when people – Put him at number two right now. Usually when guys make statements like that about their teammates, they're exaggerating. I think both those guys have crazy talent. Garrett Wilson's so good. So good. I, I, I don't ever see a pathway for Garrett Wilson to be the, the best receiver in the league uh, with guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase being 23, 24 years old. But Sauce, like I said, he's top three unquestionably already. I mean, you can make an argument for number one. I think Pat Sertain's the best corner in the Garrett league. Garrett Wilson caught for, what, 1,100 yards last year with Zach Wilson and yeah, Joe Flacco I, yes, and Mike but White I'm just, throwing I'm just him the saying, ball? Jettas is a is a generational yes. talent. Jamar Chase is incredible. Like I think Garrett Wilson could be that guy though. 
like genuinely be, could. could he be? Yes, but they're fast, so, really good. Chris Brout runner yeah. stayed healthy all last but year. But there's so many more good receivers than there are corners. Yeah, there's so much more competition. I think so. Like the best two corner, corners in the league are like 24 years old. Salt and Pat Sertan. That's fair. Jalen Ramsey sucks now. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, he just he's a little slower in his older fell, age. Fell yeah. off hard. Um, but yeah, that's the MVP odds for this year. We didn't really even talk about that. We just kind of argued about NFL, which, man, I can't wait to start doing that in freaking September. Me and you are going to get in heated matchups every week. That's all. Just for everyone who cares anything about this show, just know when September rolls around, the whole hot three is going to be NFL probably every single week. So just know that that's coming. Uh, probably be 45 minutes of me and Gabe pissing each other off and arguing. I can't wait till Lamar's like first five weeks of the season. He's leading in MVP odds. Then I get to we'll see. We'll see. Look at you like a crazy person. Fellas, y'all got anything else before we wrap this up? I'm good, brother. K Dog, you good? Oh, man, I'm good. Okay, cool. We appreciate you guys for checking it out. Before we get out of here, make sure you head over to carmigo.io slash on the bluff for $50 off. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. If you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, uh, download, download. Is that right? Did yeah, I say right. the right that's word? Right. Download? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Download the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Head over to bluffcitymedia.co. Check out all the articles, videos, podcasts, everything we got over there. And we will see you guys back here next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.